Have you heard? 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 Welcome to the very first episode of Have You Heard? I'm Jennifer Berkshire. And I'm Aaron French. And I frankly cannot believe that this day has finally arrived. It's been a long time coming. It has. Like, what, six years or so? I, I think it's been 60 years. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? We are headed to Philadelphia. We are going to meet a group of African-American parents who are opting their kids out of standardized tests. Let me ask you, Aaron, what do you know about the opt-out movement? I know that I wanted to opt myself out when I was a kid. <laughs> so that's basically the, the short part of my knowledge. But I also know that what I'm seeing in the news today is that a lot of white suburban moms are pulling their kids out of state testing. So that's why I thought it would be really cool to go to Philly and talk to people who don't fit that description at all and hear about their perspective and see if it's different from what we're, we're used to hearing about. So is it time? Well, hold on, Jennifer. Goodness gracious. Don't jump the shark again. So before we do go to Philly, I do want to remind our listeners out there that if they like what they hear, head to the link in the description of this podcast on SoundCloud or on your blog um, and give us a donation and watch our video on Beacon to learn a little bit more about what we're doing. And if you don't like what you hear, with your support, we'll get better. That is accurate as well. So Jennifer, shall we go to Philly? We're on our way. Let's cut right to the chase. If you know anything about the parent-led movement to opt kids out of standardized testing, you know that it's a white suburban cause, right? Not necessarily, as I discovered recently when I spent some time in Philadelphia. There's another side to this story that really hasn't been told. Okay, I'm Robin Roberts. I am a mother of three in the Philadelphia school system. Uh, I have three children. I've opted on uh, two of them out for the last two years and all three of them out for one year. Robin shared her story of why she decided no more standardized tests for her kids in a local paper where Philly parent Shakita Gaines saw it. I actually seen a newspaper clipping with Robin, um, Robert Roberts on the front cover and she was there proud. She was that mom and she said no more. She was done, she was tired. And I felt the same exact way. And I wanted to do what she did. Then Shakita met full-time dad, Will Thomas, who'd never paid any attention to standardized testing until his son ended up at a cyber charter school. I felt like, you know, there has to be some way of dealing with this. You know, how could this be the final say to, you know, who my son is and how he can accomplish anything, you know? And everyone seems to know Tanya Baugh, or T. Baugh, as she's known in parent activist circles in Philly. Parents have a right, teachers have a right, students have a right to be part of information, to be part of decision making that impacts our community, our, our kids, that impacts us in general. And when you remove that function from uh, our ability to, to actually report and to uh, answer and to suggest that this is something that works well for us. When you take that away from us, what you're doing is um, actually creating a bias. You're oppressing a group of people. Uh, you're destroying uh, the future of a great community. All of these parents have decided not to let their kids take the Pennsylvania System of School Assessment, or PSSAs. 
Many of their reasons are the same ones cited by the half million parents across the country who opted their kids out of standardized tests last year. They say there's too much testing in Philadelphia's schools, that education is increasingly standardized even though their kids aren't. And as the stakes attached to testing get higher and higher, school has become synonymous with test prep. But listen closely, and you'll hear some arguments that generally don't make the evening news. We found out that uh, Pennsylvania Code 22, Chapter 4, Section 4-4, D3 and 5, you know, lays out in plain language what your rights are, you know. So now, you know, you start to get a little empowered saying, damn, I actually got, I got a right to push this back, you know. Will is talking about the state law that gives parents the right to opt their kids out of taking standardized tests like the PSSAs. Pennsylvania is one of just a handful of states that has a legal right like this on the books. But here's where our story takes an unusual, even controversial turn. The right parents have, it's based on religious freedom. Here's what the law says. Parents have, quote, the right to have their children excused from specific instruction that conflicts with their religious beliefs upon receipt by the school entity of a written request from the parents or guardians, end quote. On its face, it's plain language, you know. It, it, you know, the subsections don't say, what is your religion? It just simply says, if this is your religious belief, then you're granted the relief. I think on its face, that's enough. All of the Philadelphia parents I talked to made this same point, that where this right comes from isn't as important as the fact that they have it. In fact, that's key to understanding why parents like Will Thomas, who carries a copy of the Pennsylvania Code around with him, are so passionate about acting upon their rights. Because often what happens after they find out about the opt-out right is that someone in authority tells them that they're wrong, which is exactly what happened to Shakita Gaines. So I have um, four children, but I have three children that were in a K-8 school in Philadelphia, and I wanted to opt my children out. So I went with my letter. I followed all the steps. I was denied. I was told I could not opt my children out at all. Um, I did not know my rights. I didn't know what I was talking about. And the first year, I kind of settled for that. They look you in your face and make you believe that what you're feeling isn't real, you know. And you get so angry on the inside, you know, out of your frustration that this person of authority is trying to give you an impression that you don't have a recourse, you know. And you you want to, you know, lash out at them, you know. But thank God for law because it allows you to keep your cool, your composure, untighten your fist because you feel like hitting somebody and just point out fundamentally that this is a provision. This is a legal provision that allows you to have that right, and I'm exercising it. Why the pushback from authorities? All of the parents I talk to don't just have children in the Philadelphia public schools. They're products of that system, too, and that matters a lot. When you're educated in the Philadelphia school system like I was, and I'm submitting this letter to the commission and what have you, then they question me. They question whether or not, how could I have found this out? You know, it's not just a soccer mom, you know, over in, in um, Chester County or a soccer mom over in Montgomery County, you know, even though it may have started there. You know, it's a Pennsylvania movement, you know. And to hear people from Philadelphia stand up with it, now they want to question, are you capable or is someone holding your hand across the county line? Bullcrap. Parents like Will and Shakita will tell you that their experiences trying to exercise their rights sets them apart from more affluent parents in, say, Chester County. 
But there's something else that gives the urban opt-out story a different slant, resources, specifically the lack of resources in Philly's public schools after years of budget cuts on top of chronic underfunding. Here's Robin Roberts, the head of a group called Parents United for Public Education, and one of the first parents in the city to say no to standardized tests. All three of my children needed um, math and reading support. Earlier on, like in first and second grade, we start testing in the PSSAs in the third grade. So first and second grade, uh, my older two children, a girl and a boy, needed additional support, both in reading and math. Um, We had the ability with our district to have that done in the school. So they, they got the extra tutoring and they, they were able to fortify their skills. So I felt confident that when they started testing with the PSSAs that they would do well, they would do fine. And they did, they were advanced and advanced proficient and that's fine. Um, when my youngest son was starting to, when he was starting third grade, um, I was more apprehensive about the fact that he still needed reading and math learning support, but those resources were now evaporated from our district. There was nothing that was there for him. You may remember a story that made national headlines a couple of years ago about a Philly student who died because her school no longer had a full-time nurse. Let's just say things haven't really improved since then. State-level budget cuts and shrinking enrollment as more students leave the system to attend charter schools, taking funding with them, have resulted in what these parents describe as a starvation climate in their kids' schools. We do not have the resources to make sure that our children are able to get the education that they require. We are required to give a thorough and efficient education to our kids. Um, And when you cut the funding, but you keep all the testing, you eliminate the, the amount of resources that we can, we can give to our kids. All of my children needed math and reading support. My, only my two older children were able to get that. What there is money for is testing. Pennsylvania spends about $60 million a year on testing, money that goes to a private contractor to administer, score, and report two tests, the PSSAs and the Keystones, a high school proficiency test. Now, that may only add up to about $30 per student, but these parents argue that that's money that could be spent on resources like nurses, counselors, or tutoring for the kids who the tests show need extra help. If the child fails, don't do well, is there a provision that says, now let's assist them? Is there money set aside for let's empower that school? No, they close it. And then now your child is bust out. Right. Got to wake up a half an hour earlier than what have you. You know, you got to prepare even get up even earlier yourself to prepare a decent breakfast, you know, to, to allow your child to have something to fuel their knowledge. And then how long does it take that child to return home? You know I mean, is it, is it now is a school day for my son? Twelve, 14 hours. How the hell do you do homework when you're tired? You often hear parents talk about the toll that testing takes on their children's self-esteem. But when testing is at the very center of what a school does, the score that a student gets becomes more than a score. To hear parents like Will and Robin tell it, in their kids' minds, these scores become the mark of what they're worth. They ingrain the information that that comes back from those tests. And those tests are a little hash mark on a really colorful piece of paper that says whether you are below basic, basic, proficient, and advanced. The children that are, that are basic and below basic, they believe that they're failures. 
And as much as their parents can tell them not, and their teachers can say that they don't, they don't treat them that way, um, the children believe that they are not worthy. They don't, they're not smart enough. You're probably getting the sense from listening to these parents that maybe what's at stake here isn't just a test, but something bigger. You're right. The stakes here are really high, not just for individual students, but for whole schools, even neighborhoods. This isn't something that we're actually making up. You, parents need to be uh, told about their rights to opt a child out from standardized testing. If you feel that your kid's time would be better used with a teacher that has an opportunity to go over a subject, to discuss the subject matter, to support the subject matter with real life situations, with a textbook, with understanding and back and forth conversation from the class and from the students, then this is something that is not happening when the time is being used to test them. We are the reason that these schools are open. We are taxpayers. So we have a right to determine whether or not something is is in the best interest of our kids. That's Tanya Baugh again, mother of twins with disabilities, one of whom is profoundly disabled, both of whom no longer take the PSSAs. In the two days that I spent following her around Philadelphia, I heard her talk to an astonishing number of people about why they should care about the opt-out movement, and whether she was talking to parents or to teachers, to her pastor, or even a convenience store clerk. Her point was actually pretty simple. Opt-out is a way for Philadelphians to demand that their schools be centers of learning rather than testing. School is where you're to be taught, not to be tested. And there is a difference. And when we lose that fact, what we end up doing is creating a bunch of soldiers that in order to pass, in order to get out of whatever their situation is, they will follow directions. And we will have a community of people that merely follow directions. I'm not interested in having that type of a community. Because these parents see their cause as being bigger than just an individual parent's decision about testing, they're attracting some allies who you wouldn't typically associate with a movement against standardized testing. Like Eric Bryce, who works with the 35th District Town Watch, a neighborhood group in Northwest Philly. Our Town Watch is a not just an observed document report Town Watch, but we also are a community quality of life Town Watch, which means that we are concerned with making sure that the people in our district, the 35th district, are uh, informed about issues that concern and affect their day-to-day, everyday lives. The parent activists want to make sure the parents all over Philadelphia know that they have rights under the law. So they're going wherever parents gather, to block parties and town halls, to community meetings, neighborhood watch gatherings, in order to spread the word that as taxpayers, parents, and local residents, they're entitled to some say over what happens in their schools and to their schools. From what I gather, I've gathered a lot, Uh, appears to be on the path of making sure that not only should parents be informed and educated, be aware of their rights to opt out, but understanding the whole strategy behind opting out and why it's necessary because um, there's a lot at stake. Money is one of the things at stake. I've been highlighting some of the differences between the way that these Philadelphia parents see the opt-out movement versus their more affluent suburban counterparts, but they're completely united when it comes to the question of money. The idea that there are companies raking in substantial profits from testing kids infuriates them. There are people who are benefiting from this concept of standardized testing that don't want to see it go away. 
because it's been around for so long. It's been basically our children and this testing mechanism has been a cash cow for a long time. And that cash cow is being threatened by movements like this and other movements across the country. They're shaking in their boots. So that's what it is. So we have to keep shaking their boots. So what happens next? Last year, 4,000 parents in Pennsylvania opted their kids out of the PSSAs. That number is expected to grow considerably in 2016, in part because parents like the ones you've been hearing from have some wind at their backs. The Pennsylvania legislature, responding in part to public pressure, recently put off a new requirement that high school seniors pass an exit exam in algebra, biology, and literature in order to graduate. Parents argued that making a diploma contingent on a test when schools can't afford to give students extra help if they need it was a sure way to drive up the dropout rate, the unemployment rate, and eventually the incarceration rate. The pipeline to prison, uh, just that is a way, that is a segue into increasing the number of prisons we will need. Because without a job, how do you think people are going to manage? And how do you think people are going to live and, and take care of their day, day-to-day needs if they cannot get a job? There's another reason why these parents are convinced that next year is going to be a big one for opt-out in Philadelphia. Remember Shakita Gaines, who was told by officials at her kids' school that she couldn't opt them out of the PSSAs? Well, she went back to the school last year with a new resolve and a growing group of parents behind her. Last year, a total of 13 kids opted out of tests at the school. This year, Gaines is predicting a huge increase in that number. Once it gets started in a whole school, and me being who I am inside the school, it actually can start progressing. And more people actually start opting out right along with me. And the numbers that get bigger and bigger. If you ask Shakita, she'll tell you that the opt-out movement in Philly is about to blow up. I'm absolutely proud of it because they watched me fight. And they know that we can make it now. And I have attached myself to other beautiful people and other intelligent people. And, you know, and I'm getting stronger as the movement is getting stronger and everybody else around me and surrounding me is getting powerful and stronger. We're getting bigger. It's not going to change. You're going to have to change for us. That's just the end of the story. These tests will go. Thanks for listening to the first ever episode of Have You Heard? We have a ton of great stories we want to bring you in the coming months. But the sad reality is that we can't do it without your help. So if you like what you heard and want to show us some love with the pennies in your pocket, go to beaconreader.com and search for Have You Heard. Or you can go to my blog, edushyster.com, and follow the Have You Heard link. We want your feedback, too. Let us know what you thought of our first episode and what you'd like to hear about next. You can leave comments on the SoundCloud episode, or you can tweet your comments to at edushyster or at French. I can't believe I just had to say Aaron Mofo French. Or you could tweet both of us at the same time. And we'll be back soon with another episode of Have You Heard? Soon as in like next month, not six more years. <laughs> <laughs>